Thank you for listening to sermon podcasts from the Anglican Church Noosa. This sermon focuses on Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit. The Bible passage is Acts 2 and the preacher is Reverend Linda Johnson. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 21 which can be found in your pew Bibles on page 1091. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them all declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Morning, everyone. Good to see you and good to be together to worship today. Well, what is this Pentecost thing? What is it? We do it every year. Year in, year out, we do it every year. What, what's the big deal? 
Well, I see that you've all turned up, well, a lot of you have turned up wearing a little bit of red, uh, which of course symbolises the flames of the Holy Spirit coming on them that day. So there's got to be something that is quite focused and special about this day. Well, in the Jewish world, Pentecost was one of the three main festivals. It was a harvest festival, an offering of the first fruits. And it was at this time of thanksgiving that God sent the helper the disciples needed. It's at that time of people being together, a time of being thankful, giving thanks to God. It's as if, too, for the previous three years, the disciples had been fitting together a giant jigsaw puzzle. They'd seen so much, they'd heard so much, they had learnt so much. Then what happened? Devastation. Jesus died. Then elation. He rose from the dead. Then sadness again. They had to say goodbye because he racked off, went to the Father, ascended into heaven. But he said to them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my Father has promised. And ten days later, we know what happened. It's only with the coming of the Holy Spirit that the disciples were transformed from being fearful to fearless, from being bewildered to being empowered. And they then turned their world upside down, didn't they? The last piece of the puzzle was in place. This Feast of Pentecost marked the end of the grain harvest and it took place 50 days after Passover, a previous festival. That's why it's called Pentecost. Pente means five. How many sides does a pentagon have? Five. Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. Now the disciples were waiting in Jerusalem as they were told. They were meeting together. They worshipped together waiting. They didn't really know what they were waiting for, but they knew they were told to wait and they'd better do it. And it was in the context of meeting together that they experienced this presence and power of God's spirit in a brand new way, in direct fulfillment of Old Testament scriptures, as well as fulfilling the promise of Jesus. You see, the spirit of God was a gift It was a gift that gave birth to what we call church, the community of Christians. Well, the day comes at last and suddenly they hear the sound of a violent wind filling the place where they were and then tongues like flames of fire appearing on them and settling on each one of them. Imagine how they were feeling at that moment. Put yourself there. What would it have been like? I wonder what they were expecting, waiting for God to pour out his spirit on them. I'm not sure they would have expected what actually happened. (laughs) There are obviously supernatural signs of God's presence, evidence 
like wind and fire. Luke says the sound like the rush of a violent wind comes from heaven. Perhaps it signifies the power that's about to be released upon the apostles. We all see the power of wind, don't we, in many places. I remember um, in 2017, Chris and I went for a holiday, a, a driving holiday around central Queensland for three weeks. And uh, we, we went out to Longreach and then we came back to the coast and we went up to Airlie Beach and we stayed at Airlie Beach for a significant amount of time. I don't know whether you remember, 2017 was the year of Cyclone Debbie and we were there just a few weeks after. The place that we were staying in only had a few rooms open. Let me tell you, there's no doubt that wind has great power. No doubt at all. Enormous boats and catamarans were upside down. Boats were metres and metres inland. Houses were split in two. Trees were uprooted. On the day of Pentecost, wind is a symbol of great power. And then there was the tongues of fire. Fire is a very common symbol of purity in the Old Testament. Moses encountered God in a burning bush, didn't he? And the fire symbolised holy ground. God told Moses that. When God led the Hebrews out of Egypt, how did he lead them at night time? column of fire. When Isaiah was called, God sent an angel to him with burning coals to cleanse his lips so he could speak the words of God with confidence. These tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost symbolized God purifying his followers. But the result of all this, wow, <laughs> The result was that the Holy Spirit changes things very dramatically. I want to try and explain this using a very, very simple illustration. What is the most essential thing we need in order to live? Air, oxygen. We need water too, don't we? But we can survive for a fair while without water. Without oxygen, how long would it be? Yeah, not long. Yeah, try holding your breath. As Christians, we need the Holy Spirit to live as God wants us to, just as much as we need oxygen to stay alive. And we are here today because the Holy Spirit continues to do his work. It's an absolute miracle that we are here worshipping today. Do you realise what a miracle of God it is that you're sitting where you are? It's an absolute miracle of God that I'm here. It's not natural, is it? Without knowing Christ, without the Holy Spirit, we would not be who we are. And it's an absolute miracle to see the growth of the Christian church across the world over the last 2,000 years. But you see, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shaped those first Christians into a true representation of God's people. 
They met together. They learnt together. They remembered Christ's death and resurrection. They prayed together. And as they met together, as they worshipped the risen Christ, wonderful things begin to happen. What a pity we didn't read the whole of chapter 2. Actually, Fiona, do you want to come back and read? No, I understand. <laughs> Open it up. Page 1091, I think it was. Open it and have it there in front of you. When you get home, read the whole of chapter 2. You may want to keep going. That's okay. Good. Keep going. But at least read the whole of chapter 2. Verse 43 says, many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. 3,000 people that day accepted Jesus as their Lord. And from this new community, there was a great outflowing of generosity, of true fellowship with one another, as those who had possessions sold them to support those who had nothing. This kind of living is exactly God's plan for his people. It had been his plan from the beginning of time from the formation of the nation and people of Israel. But of course, it was prevented from happening because of sin. We see it in the fall in the Garden of Eden. Sin broke humanity's relationship with God. Sin broke humanity's relationship with one another. Sin broke humanity's relationship with the earth. And God dealt with that by expelling Adam and Eve from the garden. But sin continued to grow. God dealt with that through the flood. Basically, starting again with Noah and his family. But following that, what happened? Sin continued to grow as humanity spread over the earth. Generation after generation, God's people were supposed to live for him and be his community together. But... Corruption was rife. Idolatry was rife. They even built a tower to try and reach heaven so they could be like God. you remember that story? Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. Do you remember what happened? God scattered them. He confused their language. They were meant to be a united force for God in his world, but instead they tried to usurp his role. What we are celebrating today is a direct reversal of what happened at Babel, where God confused their languages because the people sinned. On the day of Pentecost, instead of pursuing sin, we have the acknowledgement and deep conviction of sin And that is a deliberate and dramatic reversal of what happened at Babel. What we see on that day reversed Genesis 11. At Babel, human languages were confused and the nations were scattered. In Jerusalem on that day of Pentecost, what was it? The language barrier was overcome as a sign that the nations would come together in Christ. And then we go to the end Revelation, we have that great vision in the book of Revelation where people from every nation, tribe and language will be worshipping around the throne of the Lamb. John Stott puts it beautifully when he says, at Babel, earth proudly tried to ascend to heaven 
whereas in Jerusalem, heaven humbly descended to earth. People clearly heard the gospel message in their own language. They responded. They formed a new community, a community of people filled with the Spirit. Now, my friends, we are part of this new community, centered around the worship of God and his Son, Jesus Christ, by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. A community where the bonds of fellowship are real, where no one should go hungry because their brothers and sisters look after them. A community where the glory of God is revealed to the nations in a way that makes those nations want to come and join God's people. A community that gladly proclaims the gospel of forgiveness through Jesus. You see, that early church community is the same community we belong to today. We are the same church that began at Pentecost. We have the same Holy Spirit gifted to us, living within us. That same Holy Spirit inspiring each one of us to carry out the works of ministry that God has in store for us. And like that early church, we too should be reflecting the sort of community that God desires for his people. A community that's centred around the worship of God and his son, Jesus Christ, caring for one another in practical ways that lifts up the weak, that shares our resources. A community where God's glory is seen and where people hear God's call and turn back to him. And if you're still not convinced that you're actually a part of it, then look at verse 39. The promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The Spirit will give each one of us the words to say and will enable us to live, to love and proclaim Jesus as our vision directs us and calls us into. If only we'll trust him to work through us. It's for everyone. We come together week by week, don't we? We meet together at other times as well, but Sunday by Sunday, we're here. Do we come with an expectation that God is going to do an amazing thing? Or do we just come? Oh, it's Sunday. It's a bit cold. No, I won't go today. Ah, might go. Do we come with an expectation that God is going to do an amazing thing? Or do we just rock up? Not really believing that this is something special, something different. The Holy Spirit's job is to transform Without the Holy Spirit, those early Christians would have remained inward-looking and ineffective. It's God's Holy Spirit that enables his church to do whatever he calls it to do. Whether it's here, whether it's overseas, whether it's small, whether it's big. Are we expectant of the work of the Holy Spirit here at Anglican Church Noosa, here at ACN? Or are we oblivious to it and thereby shutting it down?
Pentecost brought to the apostles all that they needed for what they were called to do. The day of Pentecost certainly was unique and likely unrepeatable. And yet all who belong to Jesus have the same Holy Spirit available to them, living in them. Just as he equipped the apostles to be witnesses, he equips us to be witnesses. The fullness of the Spirit is for us all. On that day of Pentecost, there was deep conviction of sin. Look at verse 37. It tells us that. Deep conviction of sin. There were 3,000 conversions. Verse 41 tells us that. There was a widespread sense of awe. Verse 43 tells us that. These are all signs of revival, signs of renewal. Yes, the wind and fire may have been abnormal that day. But the new life, the joy, the fellowship, the worship, the freedom, the boldness, the power, none of those things are abnormal. They're available to us all, every day. If that's not currently your experience but you would like it to be, I invite you to give your life to Jesus. Give your life over. He will come to live in you through the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that's something you haven't done in your life to this point, why not do it today? Hand your life over to Jesus today. I'm going to give us an opportunity to do that. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you would like to, you can echo that in your own heart. For God to make himself real to you, like you've never known before. For him to forgive your sins and to bring new life and direction. I'm going to use a simple prayer, but it's a life-changing prayer. You can echo this in your heart. Dear Lord, thank you for your love for me and for all that you have done for me. Please forgive me for all I have done, which has hurt you and others. I am so sorry for my sins. Thank you that on the cross you offer me forgiveness and show me the way to new life through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Please come into my life and take over as my Lord and my Saviour. I commit myself to you. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer today, would you tell me at the end? Would you just come up and just whisper in my ear, I prayed that prayer. I'd love to hear that. I want to conclude with uh, another quote, an amazing quote from the great John Stott. He said, Without the Holy Spirit, Christian discipleship would be inconceivable even impossible.
There can be no life without the life giver. No understanding without the spirit of truth. No fellowship without the unity of the spirit. No Christ-likeness of character apart from his fruit. And no effective witness without his power. As a body without breath is a corpse, so the church without the spirit is dead. Come, Holy Spirit. Anglican Church Noosa is an evangelical Anglican church on the northern end of the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, Australia. Our vision is living to love and proclaim Jesus. Our core values are being Christ-centred, Bible-based, spirit-led and mission-shaped. If you have found this sermon helpful and would like to contribute to the ongoing ministry of ACN, please go to our website anglicanchurchnoosa.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening.